Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Okay, thank you and good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Business Talk, podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. My name is George O'Brien. I'm the editor of Business West. I'm happy to be with you today, and I'm very happy to have as our guest today, Carla Casenzi. Carla is a principal president, I believe it is, of the Tommy Carr Auto Group, and equally important, if not more important, she is one of the finalists for Business West coveted, as in coveted, Alumni Achievement Award. Carla, how are you this morning? Thank you for having me. I'm great. How are you? I'm very good. Uh, congratulations again on being a finalist. This is getting to be kind of old hat for you. Uh, I love got, it. Um, I'm, I'm so honored. You got a couple of uh, Business West plaques in your office already, 40 under 40, and last year, the Difference Makers Award, if I remember correctly, 2019. I remember because I wasn't there. I was having my gallbladder. <laughs> That's me. right. That's a, me and my gallbladder could not attend. Yeah, we so, were thinking of you, though. You were, I'm sure. So, again, congratulations on being a finalist. We'll... we'll determine our winner soon we'll let you know so in the meantime we want to talk to you today about a lot of things we've had all our finalists on the air uh, on the podcast the conversations have been uh, very interesting about their work uh, about uh, what they've accomplished since they were 40 under 40 when you were let's see if i can get this right 2013 yes yes 20 2013 yes how about that okay I'm on a roll. Let's keep going. We have a lot of things that we could talk about uh, over the next little while, and we want to get to as much as we can. I want to start with your business, uh, as all businesses been been really impacted by COVID-19. Kind of an interesting story out there, the auto industry. Think back to March. Boy, everything just kind of shut down, and, and the world changed. Uh, and then slowly but surely, kind of three is like, um, things kind of moved back to normal again, but it wasn't an easy process. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think that we're really fortunate right now. Um, back in March, I don't think we ever had an expectation that we would be in the position that we are now. So we're fortunate for that. Um, we, you and I have talked about this. In March, we were lucky because we had a lot of infrastructure already set up for online sales and at-home test drives. So we were able to work through that, I think, a lot quicker than some of our competition and be able to still service our customers, um, which I know that they appreciated. Um, we did a lot of work with the nurses and doctors and healthcare workers at the local hospitals. Um, and as it, it started to progress, um, we, you know, had inventory issues from the manufacturer, from plants shut down, and the used car industry um, had completely changed. And we worked our way through all of that, and here we are at the end, and business is starting to feel somewhat normal again. Define normal. What was normal? It's not um, normal as in... Well, normal in 2020, right? Normal in 
COVID world, I guess you would say. So we're still doing a lot of at-home deliveries and test drives. We're still doing a lot of online transactions. Um, Obviously, we're sanitizing vehicles and sanitizing the showrooms and um, practicing all of the CDC recommended safety precautions. But um, this is now our business as, as we know it. So... Well, before we go much further, let, let's back up a little. Um, I can't imagine tuning of many of our listeners don't know much about Carla and what she does, but let's make sure about that. Uh, this is the Tommy Carardo Group. Uh, you have several dealerships now. This was a business started by your father. Uh, you and your brother basically kind of co-managed the place. You want to kind of talk about, uh, I thought it was an intriguing story about how you got in the business in, in general. This is something you had to be talked into if I remember. Yeah, but yeah, you're mean, actually it absolutely your first right. career choice. You didn't go to college for this obviously. Uh, tell us that story. Yeah, I actually um, attended Northeastern University and got my bachelor's degree in psychology and went on to attend Columbia University and got my master's in clinical psychology. And while I was kind of determining my next step, um, my dad had me come home and help with some things in the business. And before I knew it, he had me enrolled in um, National Automotive Dealers Association um, Dealer Academy. And he had me working in the dealership and I really fell in love with it. I fell in love with the sales department. I fell in love with um, attending Dealer Academy and working in the different departments. Um, and it really became my true passion. So he he really knew all along that he was working to support um, my independence and my decisions, but he definitely veered me towards the automotive business. And I'm glad that he did. So I worked with him um, from about 2001 all the way to 2009 uh, when he passed away. And it's funny how things work out because if I didn't work with him for all of that time, I don't think that my brother or I would have been in the position where we would have been ready to take over the family business. So we always look at that as such a blessing and how that happened and everything happens for a reason. So my brother came home from college at the same point when my dad got sick and we had an opportunity to spend two and a half years. He had an opportunity to spend two and a half years learning the business. I had an opportunity to spend two and a half years learning how to go from a manager running a store to an owner now managing the managers in the different departments of the different dealerships. Um, And from there, we just grew. We made um, different acquisitions and sold and bought. And here we are now with five franchises, um, all in Northampton and Hadley. I know I asked this question at least once over the years. Um, is this still a man's world? Uh, there, there can't be too many of you out there. Um, maybe it's becoming less of a man's world. You just don't see many women in this line of business, either by choice or they don't want to get into it. I, I'm not really sure, but you don't see many women on the floor you don't see many women behind the scenes but i think you said this is changing a little maybe slowly but surely yeah this is a man's world for sure um but it's changed a lot since i've gotten in the business in 2001 and that's one of the things i love about the business and i've really made it my passion to coach and mentor other women who want to be involved in the business and i think we've done a really good job as that as a dealer group so we have a lot of women in non-traditional female roles um, and we're really proud of that non-traditional as in um, service manager, service technician, parts manager, um, sales manager, salespeople. 
the the roles that I think you traditionally wouldn't think of women being in when you think of the automotive industry, unfortunately. And, and why wasn't it, or is it, was it, I don't even know what tends to use, women were not getting into this. Obviously, it, it's, if you look at businesses, I mean, this is a growth industry. Auto business has always done well. It's gone up and down like most businesses have, but this is a solid business. People will always need automobiles. Why have women not moved into it as much as they should have? Well, I think there's the old stigma about what the automotive business is. I think that's first. And second, the automotive business has demanding hours. Um, But we've done a really good job catering to um, and altering and working with different types of scheduling allowances um, to attract more females to the business. And are they moving into it? Large yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you seeing it um, on the leadership level? At the, um, the you know, it's funny. We have a lot of women who start in in more traditional roles and then see all of the opportunity that the business has to offer and moves up into different what we talked about non traditional roles in the dealership. And what's happening in the industry? It, it seems like it's like a lot of others where size truly does matter now. Uh, the days of the single dealership are just about over. I think there might be one or two in this region if there are even that. Lots of consolidation. Uh, where is the industry heading? Um, yeah, I think that we'll consider, um, we'll continue to see more consolidations. I think you see the dealer groups growing um, and buying out a lot of those single dealers. It's obviously easier to operate at a, um, and to be able to share resources at a group level um, than it is as an, at an individual level. So I think that you'll consider continue to see that happen, especially in today's climate. Interesting. So getting back to, to COVID and, and the business, uh, just driving by the lots that you see them now, you, you just don't see a lot of cars out there. You see? Yeah, isn't that the case? Yeah. Cramming the, the cars into the front row and, and trying to make it look like there's a lot of cars on the lot. And of course, you don't want to say there's not a lot of cars on the lot, but uh, what is happening with, with inventory and, and then with used cars, it's just- Yeah, I mean, the truth is there's not a lot of cars on the lot. There was a shutdown and um, and there was also a demand because of a lot of great manufacturer incentives and programs that came out um, in April and May. Um, there was a lot of 0% financing. There was a lot of deferred payments um, that we haven't seen with these manufacturers uh, in the past. So we had a lot of people taking up, uh, taking advantage of those and the supply obviously started to run thin, but factories are back up and running. So we're starting to see um, more inventory come in, used car prices, obviously because of the de- of the demand with what was going on with new cars, used car prices um, were up, which was great for consumers. It was a great time. If anybody was ever considering trading in, that's this was the time or this is still the time um, for them to be able to trade in and get the most for their trade. And then we've seen, oh, geez, as long as I can remember. I'm not sure how long that'll last for. I'm assuming it's going to balance out at some time soon, but it still hasn't. Now, you're in a market, uh, Northampton, uh, Hadley, that area, a lot of college students, big demand for used cars. Uh, is the situation going to uh, lighten up a little bit? Um, 
people going to have any cars to choose from uh, soon or? Yeah, like I said, the factories are starting to open um, up new car inventory, so that's helping, and and people are wanting to take advantage of trading in now um, and take advantage of the new car uh, offers. So, yes, you're starting to see inventory open up for new and used. Mm-hmm. So uh, you and I have talked about this, too. Uh, just a, another question about the auto industry, and I always ask people when I talk about covid um, there's been a lot of changes that have come to just about every business. And then one question that I ask him is what, what is going to change forever? What is not going to go back to the way it was before? And I think we're, we're going to see that in auto dealerships too. I mean, you, people were trying to get people to use the internet and, you know, buy remotely when they could uh, take advantage of those types of services. And now people have almost been forced to do it. Fewer people coming to the dealership, is this going to impact the industry long term in terms of how dealerships are structured and, and how big they are and, and what types of facilities they have? Um, yeah, I think we've really trained our customer base to the um, the convenience of being able to do, be able to do business online, right? So that's been great. But what we've seen is that. Um, more people want to come in and touch and feel and experience and shop um, across different models in person. People still want to feel and see and compare and drive what they're going to buy when it comes to an automobile. So they can do a lot of their research beforehand. They can know um, where they're going to be credit wise and their price point and what their trade's worth. And they can do all of that beforehand, but people want to touch the actual product before they buy it. I think as far as the service side is concerned, um, we've given the luxury and convenience of being able to pick up and drop off customers' cars and leave them a rental vehicle to use while we service clean and update their computer software on their car. And then we deliver it back. Customers are loving that convenience. So I think we'll see that continue. um, And we're going to continue to support that in our group. Okay. This is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We are talking to Carla Cassenzi. She is a principal with the Tommy Car Auto Group and, as I mentioned earlier, a finalist for Business West coveted Alumni Achievement Award. Um, you don't get to be a finalist for that award just by selling a lot of Hyundais and Volkswagens and Nissans. You there has to be uh, something more to it. And in your case, the something more to is a long record of achievement in the community. Uh, and let's start with uh, something I know you love to talk about. That's the Drive for the Cure. This is the nonprofit that, that you created, I believe with your brother, um, to honor your father and to raise money to battle brain cancer. Tell us about it. So we, my father used to hold a company golf tournament and we would close the dealership for a day, invite all of our employees um, as a treat to come out and golf, have fun, golf with some of our vendors, and really just a day for everyone to get to know each other on a different level. And every year, everyone looked forward to that. When my dad passed, we took that idea and we turned it into a charity golf tournament. First of all, first and foremost, to honor and remember who my dad was um, as the founder of Tommy Carr Auto Group. 
and to celebrate who he was. And second, to raise money for Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, his doctor, Dr. Wen, and his team of researchers there. Um, and it's really become much bigger, I think, than we've ever expected and continues to grow. You know, they say golf tournaments in memory are really hard to continue to keep after, you know, the 10 years. We just passed our 12th year. And once again, we were sold out. So I'm so fortunate for our employees, our vendors, our customers, and the community who comes out to support such an amazing cause every year. And I'm proud to say because of everybody's support, we've raised over $1 million for Dana-Farber Cancer Institute. Yeah, I saw the t-shirts. Um, I forget the number on the back, a million reasons, or I forget what the t-shirt Yeah, a, a million reasons why we can make a difference together. Um, and I know it, it's, um, it's a tough uh, disease. Um, solutions don't come easy, but um, that's why you keep raising that money to, to do that. Now, I know that you're involved in a lot of other things as well. Um, how do you choose what to get involved in? And usually it's you yourself, uh, but it's also the, the company. How do you choose what to get involved in? And It's really on? difficult. So that's something that I've struggled with and had to actually have somebody at the dealership help me um, take that over because we were just overcommitted um, throughout the different communities. But we have found a couple um, charities that are really important to our lot, to myself and to a lot of our employees. And we've made a commitment to stick with those. And then obviously there's different things that come up throughout that we also commit to. And what it's hard to say no. It is hard to say no. And especially in, in this time when all groups and all nonprofits are, are really struggling uh, and they need that kind of help. So what are uh, some of the other groups you're involved with? Um, so we are involved with Unify um, Against Bullying. We're involved with, um, we do the hot chocolate run every year to support the Battered Women's Shelter in Northampton. Um, we're involved, we are a main sponsor of the Pride Parade in Northampton every year. Um, the list goes on. If you visit CarlaCares.info, you can see um, everything else. We um, have been involved with Bay State Children's Hospital. Um, there's a number of them. So again, um, that list continues to grow year after year after year. Congratulations for you. And tell us about Carla Cares. This is a your own webpage, is it? Jim? Yeah, it was just a way for people who were interested in seeing what we do for the community or wanting to contact us about getting involved in one of their charities. It was a way for us to really be able to share and um, and open up communication between different charities and who we are as a company. One more thing. Um, you and I have talked about a lot of things over the years, and one of those subjects has been uh, women in entrepreneurship, uh, you're a woman, you're a successful entrepreneur. We're seeing more women uh, kind of coming to the realization that entrepreneurship is a career option for them. And we're seeing more women trying to start their own businesses and, and get off the ground. What message would you have for them about business and what it's like, uh, what it's like to, to own your own business, uh, and, and what are the keys to success? Geez, that was a long question. And <laughs> You know, I think um, one of the biggest things that I struggled with early was leadership. So I think really understanding what leadership is and understanding how to be a good leader to your team and um, 
and to your employees is is probably one of the biggest keys to success these days. Uh, and, you know, I thank all of my employees and my team because I wouldn't be able to have the success that I have without them. So building good teams, I think, is really, really important. And the other thing that I think was really important in our success was, like we just talked about, giving back to the community and understanding who the community is and the impact that you as a business owner can have in the community and the support of them supporting you and you being able to support them. So we're really grateful for our relationships throughout the communities that we have businesses in. So the last time I was up, and I think we talked about this a little bit, um, I was a kid growing up in the in the mid-60s, and when you're a kid growing up in the mid-60s, you, you know a lot about football and Green Bay Packers and Vince Lombardi, and I was happy to see that Vince Lombardi quote framed. It was on your floor. It wasn't on the wall, and I'm sure it'll be there someday, but uh, <laughs> 10, 12 years later, it still hasn't made it to the wall. Yes, what is it? Winning isn't a sometime thing, it's an all the time thing. And you said that was your favorite quote. What does that mean? Yes, it's what it takes to be number one from Vince Lombardi. And that is my favorite saying by him. And I actually bought that for my dad years and years ago before he was actually even sick. Um, and when he passed, I wanted to always have a reminder of that. And now you've got that and you've got Vince's words to, to plow you on into the future. And we can yes. never have enough Vince Lombardi in the world, I don't think. I think everybody should have something from Vince. I agree with you. So there we go. Okay. Well, thank you, Carla. Uh, there's lots of things we could talk about, but we've kind of hit the wall here. Uh, congratulations again to you on being a finalist. Good luck. Uh, maybe you'll have thank another plaque sometime soon. Honor. Uh, hang in there. Hopefully you get some more cars on the lot. And we'll see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember to join us next time for another episode of Business Talk, presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. Thank you again. <laughs>